wish. Oh, wish. Do you hear that boring sound? That is the boring sound of the waves crashing against a boring bay. But it's not just any boring bay. It's a boring Baywatch because this is a not boring Baywatch podcast. In fact, <laughs> this is not boring Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for two not boring men who have never watched Baywatch before. Try and watch Baywatch. I'm not boring, Michael Eisen. And unlike Wish, I am, in fact, the Morgan you saw in that online listing. <laughs> And luckily, we have back with us again the non-wish version of Parker. Hello. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, everyone? I don't know. I might still be the wish version of Parker. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Friend, uh, go see a therapist. (laughs) Already do. Already do. Okay, well, this did (laughs) feel like the wish version of a Baywatch episode, I must say. Oh, very much so. Because, like, they go very wacky in like they go hard on some of the wackiness but fall short on a lot too mm-hmm. oh very right. very much so in this episode like for last episode that we covered it's like yeah there's some weirdness that happened in there and there's some bits that were a bit kooky this time around like cool you stopped trying on that okay mm-hmm. good to know <laughs> yeah they really did and I mean, look, there's never really been a good there's only been one OK Baywatch second part, maybe two. But otherwise, they're all bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing in them. Right. Like they don't they can't think of anything to really put in the episode, but they try anyways. They they sure do. Yeah. Boy, do they? Yeah, and, and speaking of trying, this is season four, episode 15, Coronado del Sol, part two, still written by David Braff. He's still not related to Zach Braff. Damn. It's directed by Gus Traconis, still, but not still. Uh, this was aired February 7th, 1994. We have the same guest stars. We have the same cast. Um, half of which don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They're like that. Captain Mel has like one scene. No one gives a shit. No, mm-hmm. they entirely dropped the really shitty dating attempts or whatever that he was trying to do with Stephanie in the first episode. And it's like, oh, yeah, we had this guy. I guess we should showcase him at some point. Here's like 15 seconds. Go. <laughs> Look, we can't yeah. have three separate dating storylines. No, no, that would. That would be too much for Baywatch. <laughs> exactly. Right. Now, I do want to ask, Parker, when you originally you picked this two parter because you said it sounded spooky. Were you spooked? I was spooked by how boring it was. <laughs> hey, oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is one of our like maybe the second time where Baywatch has gone into the supernatural. The first time was, uh, aliens are real, mm-hmm. which was wild. Uh, and the second time was with Dean Kane, right? Wait, Dean what? and Sam. That's the names of the characters from supernatural. Damn it. My joke what? didn't work. I was trying to what? make a joke about them going supernatural. Like the, like the, ah, uh, I don't get it. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, can you explain that one to me again? Absolutely not. Okay. It's it's incomprehensible even to me. Okay, great. Well, that's like most of our jokes. Um, so this is the second time they've really tried to do supernatural stuff. And yeah, uh, Ghosts Who Fuck is definitely a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I know this. Sh- I would have chosen. Yeah, like I know this show is very horny, but come on, guys. Really? Yeah. What What do you mean? Come on. <laughs> I didn't even mean it like that. Like, stop being so horny, both of you. What do you mean? Come on. Everything, every person in this episode is way too horny for no good reason. That sounds like life. <laughs> way too horny for no good reason. Yeah, man. Welcome. Welcome to being single. You, you're you single till you get it. Touche. 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 Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this episode is horny even by Baywatch standards. Yes. Like, we get less of the tight outfit on the butt stuff, and they replace it with more overtly um, talking about orgasms but they don't talk about it they like hint at it yeah mm-hmm. but you know they do this era's version lie. of you know the train going into the tunnel type sensations and dreamscapings <laughs> oh <laughs> whoa I, I i'm trying to think of like 16 different jokes here for that and <laughs> i got nothing wow i uh, wasn't expecting to hear about that yeah it's 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 very weird. Like the tone is off. Yeah. Right. Like I think when in the past, anytime before they've talked about even just like kissing, it's been very gentle mm-hmm. in the way they talk about it. And this episode is like less so, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's all weird. Uh, the point is, this episode is weird. Uh, in many different ways Mm -hmm. and also it's not great so morgan i guess uh, actually parker do you have anything to say before we get into this episode no i really don't (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah morgan you should take us in yeah let's do it we uh we start off with a recap of the last episode which takes about oh you get that we don't oh interesting yeah that takes about three minutes and then <laughs> then we get a music video of Hobie and Kyle just seeing the sights of San Diego so it is five and a half minutes into the episode before we get any actual episode um it, that's barely episode yeah no I'm saying five and a half minutes is the end of the the music oh video. yeah 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 speaking. Uh, sorry, Parker. Please. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that was the longest intro and like the weirdest transition from where it left off last episode of uh-huh. Mitch and Buzzy being left at sea. It's like, hey, let's go to this three minute montage of their kids having fun, um, which yeah. at least to me was one of the more enjoyable portions of this episode. <laughs> the, the thing is, the thing is, this show is tone deaf. Oh, like, yeah. All the time. 
right? Mm. So it's actually fits for Baywatch to do this. It, it, it's consistent. Okay, okay. As this is my second right. episode of Baywatch that I've ever watched, I have not gotten to that consistency yet. <laughs> well, you've 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 seen it in in a pocket version here. <laughs> these two episodes. You've seen the micro. We've seen the macro mm-hmm. of it. Uh, speaking of what we've seen, as Morgan mentioned, there's this montage here. Mm-hmm. I um, I have zero clue if there was a vocalized song in the original because I could not. There was. Find it. Yes. Oh, there was. Okay. I don't know what it was. I also tried to find it and couldn't find it. Um, yeah, I I wasn't able to either. Like, it's not on Daily Motion. I can't see the credits. There's nothing on imdb there's nothing in my baywatch spotify playlist like yeah yeah there's nothing but i did look into the song in the remaster so in the remaster we get a song called us against the world by tnt which is misleading because tnt is a norwegian heavy metal band from the 80s ah and this is not that (laughs) disappointing Right. So this was written by Kylie Dale, who was the first guest singer I wrote about on this podcast, and Jared Chance Taylor. But if you look them up with the words TNT, you get nothing. So wow. who the hell is TNT? Huh. So I did some research. Ooh, okay. 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 So first, I found a band from Poland called TNT Music, and I found their Instagram, and. They make posts on Instagram of their music mashed up with Naruto. Sure. Uh, okay. I don't think this is them. Probably not. <laughs> you know, a little off brand, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And they make like breakcore music, which mm. is, you know, as much as I'd like to see breakcore on Baywatch, <laughs> it's not this. <laughs> it's not that. So then there's TNT Music out of Jackson, Michigan. Uh, he's a wedding DJ. So probably not, though. That would be cool if you just got like, um, I don't know, like uh, wedding covers. That would be cool, right? If we got wedding covers yeah. on Baywatch, right? Just someone doing yeah. the best of Billy Joel. That would be great. So then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is up. getting like closer into what the song actually was slightly. <laughs> well, just wait. So. So then I looked up TNT Baywatch music and found a YouTube video for The Natural Transformer, which is a fitness channel. Sure. And they have, they have a Baywatch edition challenge. It's like a short uh, video okay. where mm-hmm. like a woman in a, a woman in a Baywatch outfit is running next to a guy with his shirt off. And the guy falls over and he looks at her like, I'm emasculated. And then the video ends. <laughs> what? It's what? very dumb. Actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pull up this video for you just so you can just so you can have it. Um, sure. Yeah. Baywatch TNT music here. Uh, the ultimate. Here it is the ultimate TNT ultimate transformation challenge 7.0 Baywatch edition. Well, uh, all right. A, it's a minute long. 20 seconds and he falls over. He has sand in his face. She pulls him up. He gets back up. And then they say, it's time for the challenge. <laughs> oh, there's apparently $12,000 worth of something in this. What is that something, though? I think that was the reward, maybe. 
huh. rewards for being fit. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and see exactly what it said there. All twelve thousand cash giveaway and prizes. Apparently, look if I knew that there was a monetary reward for being fit, I would have gotten fit years ago. Man, he has a full-on mouthful of sand. Yeah, that looks yeah. deeply unpleasant. It is. It sounds very unpleasant. Yeah, it, but it's nothing. Yes, it's, it's definitely not this song no right it's not this song no so i kept looking so then the next result was a tweet from pro wrestler <laughs> miss Tessmacher, who did a hashtag tbt uh to her days on hashtag tnt the network where she did a baywatch run okay. at this point i was uh morally defeated uh, <laughs> I had been bested in combat mm-hmm. by the singer TNT. So I reached the end of my search, fruitless, unsuccessful. Oh. But I don't come out of it without lyrics, because, of course, I have the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Parker, you are now TNT. That is the <laughs> truth. Oh, man. I did this whole search and realized TNT was in front of me this whole time. You, you got my secret <laughs> identity. That, that was me in the 80s when I was... What, like, one? Negative one? <laughs> <laughs> I was assuming you were going to say that would be, like, your superhero name. Oh. Uh, Morgan, if you were a superhero called TNT, what would be your superpower? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tricky one to be put on the spot for. I mean, explosions yep. feels like the obvious choice, but it also feels a little too cliche. So, mm-hmm. um... I'm going to say that TNT stands for toast and tea, and I would be uh, a superpower who is bringing or a superhero who is bringing colonialism to the world. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so went a little British there. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so you're just like, I'm just the British Empire. Yeah. OK. Speaking of the British Empire. Um, <laughs> yes. I- I watched RRR last week. Uh, It's amazing. It's three hours long, but so good. It's about pre-partition India, and Mm. it just does every supernatural element you could think of, along with musicals, fighting, uh, dancing, uh, romance, Mm. bromance, Okay, so another type of man. <laughs> so everything this episode wanted to be, but failed. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, there's not a ghost. Ah, uh, okay. Really? No, there's only the ghost of colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not even since it's still strong. Uh, it's true. But uh, the best way I can describe the movie is. It is Indian Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Okay. I like that. It's yeah. It's just you watch like ten minutes of it and you'll be like, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I get it. But it's better than Inglorious Bastards, because there's no Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. And uh fuck Quentin Tarantino. But yes. you know what we uh this is a bad lead in. I was gonna say, you know what? <laughs> Not <laughs> Fuck not, I don't. Parker, here are the fucking lyrics. Okay, okay. Let's do that. All right, I'll do the lyrics here of 
you're my sidekick. You're my best friend. We're on an adventure that will never, ever end. That's a creepy start. Okay. Uh, when we're together, it's easy to tell. We're having more fun than anybody else. It's just us against the world. When I'm with you, I, you've all I've got all day. Because it's just us against the world. Nothing's standing in our way. Yeah! There's nothing that I had to do that. There is the yeah and the exclamation. It felt so awkward. I had to make it even worse. You have to. Yeah. 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 And we're only halfway through this. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing that could break us. Nowhere that life can't take us. There's never been a bond more true. There's never nothing that could break us. Nowhere that life can take us. There is no family without you. It's just us against the world. When I'm with you, I've got all day. Because it's just us against the world. Nothing standing in our way. Wow. Wow. The line, uh, there is no family without you, takes on a very different context when we remember uh, that Buzz is fully intending to abandon his child. Yep. Yeah. So it's a very literal line, much more so than I feel like one would expect. Well, that's just the art of Baywatch, Morgan. It's true. It's true. It subverts expectations by being hyper-literal and then in metaphor. The, uh, the art of Baywatch is up there with the art of the deal and the art of war is some of the great arts of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's dumb. I, okay. I do think maybe, speaking of art of the deal, changing us into um, deal or no deal, I think... Baywatch would be interesting if David Hasselhoff was instead replaced by Howie Mandel. I mean, it can't hurt. Yeah. Uh, it literally could. <laughs> <laughs> it already affects our mental health here and there. That's you know? true. That's true. Speaking of, actually, I have no transition. This episode's that dumb. Morgan, go for it. Yeah, we uh, we go back to the hotel now where Summer is telling Matt about the ghost but he still doesn't think there's a ghost. But then a painting starts shaking. He doesn't really argue with her about it. No. He just shouts at him mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. And then he goes, okay. The acting in this episode, even by Baywatch standards, is particularly terrible. I gotta yes. say. Yeah. Like, during this entire scene, I'm like, my notes are, Summer isn't insane. There are ghosts. Matt seems nonplussed by this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But you wouldn't believe it because... Nicole Eggert is doing full Nicole Eggert here, which is just, God, I hate to say this, but like, she's not a great actress. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She uh, is doing very much that, like, I'm going to stare deeply into your soul eyes and that will make up for any faults in my acting. But <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't happen here because you're talking about a ghost who loves to give head. Like, yeah. You can't do that with that. Yeah. I will say, though, at least she is giving us something. David Charvet is just fucking wooden this entire episode. Yeah. Like, I feel like his directions yeah. were look into the camera and forget that you're doing something. Mm hmm. I mean, yeah. Just look pretty. Yeah. Look yeah. French. Yeah. You know? So uh, most of this episode really is just. The same level of energy. Well, there's some parts that are different, but most of it is like the same level of calm energy, mm -hmm. which doesn't work when you have a two-parter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but at this point, we uh, we hear a knock at the door, and uh oh, who's that? It's not a ghost, unless you count the ghosts of Mitch's failed relationships from the past, because hey, it's <laughs> Stephanie, um, and she is here to tell them she's been looking into the ghost, and Diana is still alive. Um, dun dun dun. So yep. Summer and Matt go to visit her. And she is tired and doesn't want to answer any questions. <laughs> um, and I really hoped the scene was just going to end there because that would yep. have been very funny to me. Oh, that would have been spectacular. Uh, I just have it as my notes is like, Diane Sutherland is still alive? Dot, dot, dot. Well, might as well see the person we don't know to ask her questions about <laughs> someone who committed suicide a long time ago. And right. apparently she lets them in? <laughs> yeah, and her her butler, I guess, is just kind of like awkwardly standing there a bunch. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very weird. Yeah. Um, it's also, for, to understand the pacing of the scene, mm-hmm. literally, they tell her why they're there. She says, I don't want to talk about it. And the butler says, you should leave. And then Summer just says, let me explain it more. And the butler says, this is fine. Yep. <laughs> what was the point? Yeah. Yeah. And then she she mentions Rupert and the ghost. And now Diana is interested. Mm-hmm. You can tell because of the spooky music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then let's see. Then Kyle and Hobie get to the dock and they see that the dads aren't back. And Kyle doesn't like his dad. Yeah. He specifically says, what's it like living with someone who actually cares about you? Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't think you should be asking Hobie because Mitch ditches his son all the time to get laid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also liked after that, Hobie's like, well, maybe you'll be living with us, Kyle. And Kyle goes, ah, I don't know if I could handle your dad either, which I did think was pretty funny. Yeah, I can't handle his cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get a booger. Let's go booger a burger. A booger in a burger. <laughs> yeah, they just they end the scene being like, "Wow, this seems really deep and probably something we should talk about in therapy." Let's just get a burger, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the '80s solutions then, to everything. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, the, it's the 2022 solution too. Get a burger. I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, I could go for a burger. Um, Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then we cut back to Mitch and Buzz, and Buzz still isn't doing great because he had a heart attack earlier, and there are no ships in sight. And this takes like two minutes. Um, But then uh, CJ goes back to SeaWorld and tells Keith how she always wanted to swim with dolphins. And Keith is like, well, then don't be a dolphin trainer because they tell us not to get too close to the dolphins. And I was like, wow, dude. This is (laughs) so weird because she makes the statement Mm -hmm. that she became a lifeguard because she dreams of dolphins. Yes. What is this? This is nothing. (laughs) Yeah. What? Okay, so, uh, Parker, uh, what have you, what are you, let me rephrase this. What did you dream of when you were a kid? Ooh, I honestly don't remember because I don't remember my dreams very well. I think the only things that stick with me were the ones that were kind of way too creepy. I'm like, that's a scary dream. I should probably try never to dream of that again. Yeah, honestly, I only remember the dreams where I would die in the dreams. Um, (laughs) 
but here I am still alive. So clearly I didn't decide to make that my career. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that's good. I'm glad for that personally. Mm-hmm. OK. Have I ever told you about the drill dream? No, not and not like drill on Twitter, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, not the one where you turn one. into a corn cob. <laughs> That, that that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I had a dream when I was a lot younger about like for some reason ending up in uh, in Brooklyn and hearing on the radio that there is a couple who kills people by just taking a drill and drilling into their head, huh. uh, which seems inefficient. It does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. In the dream, I'm, I was visiting my cousins at the time who lived in Park Slope, I guess, or uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I they they closed the door. We're going up to the door. They close the door and then they lock it for some reason. So I'm outside and I see this couple arguing and then I see the drill. But the drill is like in their belt buckle for mm-hmm. some reason, you know, like. Some people keep like a gun there. Mm-hmm. They keep a drill. Sure, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And they come up and they're like, why are you staring at us? And so then they they take the drill and they drill into my head and I die. Right. <laughs> so okay. The next day I was doing a study session at my synagogue. Mm-hmm. And so I go up to my rabbi and I say, hey, can I tell you about this dream? And he's like, yeah, tell me about the dream. I can tell you what it means. <laughs> so I tell him about the dream. And the whole time his eyes are like wide open like fucking what <laughs> and he tells me at the end he goes well michael you know um some some say that dying in a dream means there's good fortune ahead of you and he gets up and he leaves <laughs> <laughs> i'm like wait what yeah wow so uh remember kids when you die in dreams it's a good thing mm-hmm. you don't die in real life Right, right. In fact, like people give you money when you die in dreams. Yeah. Something. Something like that. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of death, um mm-hmm. for some reason now reminder, mm-hmm. uh this show does not ever say in any place that no animals were harmed <laughs> in the making of this show. Yeah. It's never said that. Mm-hmm. So there is a real life beach dolphin. Yeah. In that scene. And I don't like it. I yeah. They they have to go rescue this dolphin. And yeah, I don't trust them to have done this with like effects, frankly. No. Yeah. No. And it was just like the weirdest transition in that scene. And maybe this is just me not being accustomed to Baywatch. But I'm like, hey, we're back at SeaWorld. CJ's hitting on the guy. And she's talking about dolphins. You know what SeaWorld does? They rescue dolphins, right? Because this is a Baywatch show. So let's go rescue a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty apt for Baywatch. Yeah, no, it seems seems about right. Yeah, it's the, but the weird part for Baywatch is the zoom in. On a dying dolphin. Yeah. Yes. And it's like a long scene. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortably long. Yeah. I have it in my notes as Keith massages the dolphin because it helps. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Yeah. I would have I would have liked to see a scene where Bay, where uh, CJ has a cup of water and just throws the water on the dolphin going, here's water. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That's, that would have been fantastic. That seems about as effective of what everyone else in that scene was doing before they arrived. 
Yeah. Yeah, they were just putting it in like a uh a blanket. And I'm like, why don't you move it to the water? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's right there. You're on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um I but, don't know. No, I mean I agree. It it felt like they can't put it back in the ocean because they need it for their exhibit. Like mm, Yeah. Mm, um, the evils of capitalism. Yeah. I mean, it's fucked over the sea more than once. Uh, <laughs> wow, that would be the understatement of the <laughs> Um But after they're done rescuing the dolphin, uh, we get to hear what happened to Rupert, which is that Rupert and Diana were in love, but she was married and her husband wouldn't give her a divorce. So they, Rupert decided to have them take a suicide pact because he was a spiritualist and believed their souls would be together forever. Um, and so then we go up to the roof of the hotel where they're up there drinking champagne and they look down at the hotel, which has not changed at all since the 1950s. <laughs> it is exactly the same. Um, no budget. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, not for Baywatch for the hotel. Yeah, no, I, it, that's why it's so amazing. They were able to get the scarab later in the episode. Spoiler alert. Right, right. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like later. They just reused the footage. It's very uh, it's very silly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think they just put a little bit of like color tinting on it. Like this is slightly washed out. That's how you know it's the past. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, well, you know why it's washed out, right? Why? Why? Oh, because it's it's a blue screen. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, very obviously a blue screen later in the episode. Yes. <laughs> for, for, for for reference, for people who may not know, uh, pre-green screen, they would use blue screens, which are made of sodium. And oh. so mm. part of the problem why you see with blue screen, why you see the outlines of people very clearly is because of the sodium. Mm. Right. Ah. So it just that's that's why green screens are so much better because they're made of different material and mm. uh, they interact differently. So you don't leave this like impression. Gotcha. Right? But oh. if you go to like a lot of science centers have this like a room where like you go into a dark room, you stand against a wall and they take a flash mm-hmm. that leaves your imprint. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that either. Interesting. Um, uh, but but to talk about this scene a little mm-hmm. bit more, this seems dumb. <laughs> yes. Okay. So so she says so. Th- so okay. So there was a suicide pact, and uh, she clearly didn't do it, mm-hmm. and he clearly did. Yep. And the scene is like, look, I hate to to make fun of suicide because it's not funny, but the scene of him falling is very funny. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, it's goofy. Oh, it's super goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like, so he jumps, and she just has this face of, oh, whoops, yeah, never mind. You gotta, <laughs> yeah. Gotta do something. Gotta well, do something. Yeah. And her reasoning is, and this is also extremely dumb. Rupert's love was the only thing that made life worth living, but I couldn't die for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so that's that's con- contradicts the prior statement. <laughs> oh, very much so. Albeit in my notes, I just have it as she didn't want to die for him. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then again, 
He gives amazing head. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if he did die, he'd just be giving you ghost head. And that sounds like a great superhero. Like Ghost yeah. Rider and Ghost Head. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many good ideas. Ugh. The the ending of this scene I want to talk about a little as well, because Diana says that, you know, she'd always heard about the ghost, but never believed in the ghost until now. Because Two random people came up to her and said, I think there might be a ghost. And she was like, I've heard about this ghost many times, but until it was two random young people, I just never believed it. And I was no, no, very no. confused why she was so gullible and stupid. No, no, no. Morgan, let's focus on this a tiny bit deeper. OK, okay. it was not until one Aryan girl Mm-hmm. That she believed it. <laughs> I, just, I just need to point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's really dumb. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Like, if you've been hearing these stories for 40 years, <laughs> yeah. Did you just never investigate it? Also, like, something we haven't described yet, like, Diane Sutherland's house is, like, massive. It's gorgeous. She has a butler. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she did well for herself since Rupert passed. <laughs> Yeah, she's a socialite, so she just has insane amounts of money, um, which, uh, random side point, I find socialites fascinating, like, classic socialites. Yeah. Because, like, all they do is just, like, go to parties and, like, be there to talk about things. That's, like, the movie The Extra Man, which, have you have you seen that movie, Morgan? No, I never have. Uh, I would recommend it, other than... Uh, Okay, it's a good movie with some sh- progressive for the year 2000 mm. ideas on cross-dressing. Okay, uh, got it. But but not progressive for now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But it stars uh uh Emil Hirsch, John C. Riley, and um uh and uh Kevin Klein. Okay, And the whole point is being an extra man where someone needs someone extra at a party, but like rich old socialites. Ah, and it's just two guys extremely obsessed with F. Scott Fitzgerald (laughs) go to these parties in New Jersey for old socialites. And John C. Riley also um, is in it and. I don't want to spoil that. Uh, you should see it. <laughs> okay. That definitely seems like it could be interesting to watch. It's a good movie. It's just, again, progressive for the year 2000 when it was, a, it's based on a book. Okay. When the book was written, it was progressive, but it's sure. not now. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyways, Mitch is too tired to swim. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to CJ. Also, Buzz has a date tonight. Yep. He makes a very it, like bad obligatory joke of, well, I need to make it to shore. I have a date. Yeah. What? I somehow missed that completely. You are I would, not missing. <laughs> you did not Wait, miss out. Is his idea then to have a date and ditch Kyle? Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah that, that, that lines like, up. Like, like brother, like brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then... Uh, then we're back to Keith and CJ, who tells uh, Keith tells CJ that the dolphin they just rescued, she just gave birth, but she must have gotten separated from her kids. So they're going to put her in the tank with uh, Rocky the dolphin and hope that she becomes a mother to him. 
Yep. Um, and this scene is entirely underpinned with just the dolphins performing and dancing in the background because, you know, we're at SeaWorld and that's what they do all the time. It's contractually obligated of them to do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dolphin actors are such divas. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then CJ uh, tells Stephanie she might just stay here in San Diego. And it's definitely not because she is absurdly in love with Keith. She just likes things like the C- the dolphin show at SeaWorld that Keith hosts and Keith and being around Keith and what, being wait, in actually, the same city as Keith. Hold on. I, uh, Parker, I, I have the line. Would you like to please read this line um, from CJ? OK, yeah, I am happy to read this. All right. So this is from CJ during the scene. I always create these unrealistic fantasies about men. And then when it doesn't come true, I'm disappointed. This time it's different. Every time I'm with Keith, it feels so right. We share the same interests, the same values. He's actually the first guy I've ever met that I can actually see spending the rest of my life with. That sentence started off in such a good spot of like self-realization. Like I actually have my notes. Mm-hmm. She's very self-aware of her own delusions and then goes straight into the delusions. <laughs> yep. 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 It's um, unfortunate just how Stephanie is like, there goes CJ again with her men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but at this point, like that's CJ's character is she has unrealistic, unrealistic expectations about her dating life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, does it make it interesting? No, no. Yeah. Not especially. Yeah. And we go right. into like the, just the weakest dream montage. <laughs> oh yeah. It's CJ is dreaming. She's walking in an aquarium well, sharks swim over her and CJ. I mean, swim over CJ and Keith, and they make out while the fish watch. Yep. Um, yep. Now, if I was a hammerhead shark, um, the last thing I would want to be doing with my time. Actually, you know what? Maybe I would be wanting to watch Pamela Anderson <laughs> make out with you. you know, I take that back. I'm sorry, hammerhead sharks. I shouldn't assume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but th- then we get the most important part of this scene. Most important, yeah. CJ is going to get the avocado salad. Sure is. Ayo. Yep. Yeah. And, very important. And more than that, she's getting it with the house vinaigrette. Yep. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Hobie and Kyle show up and tell them that their dads never came back. Um, and S- CJ and Stephanie look mildly concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, we knew this was going to happen at some point. Mm hmm. Um, But then uh, we see that they're all back in a hotel room where Stephanie has called the Coast Guard and finds out that the sailboat was found, but it was empty. Yeah, I do want to add one little bit of context for this scene is like when they walk into the hotel, it is dark outside. In the previous scene, when they're eating this meal, it is like middle of the day. It apparently takes them all day to walk back to the hotel from wherever they're at. You get distracted, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you you, <laughs> you just you start walking and then you just stop where you are and just daydream for a second. Yeah. And then you reactivate like a robot and continue walking. You do that, right? Yeah. No. Totally. But how else do uh, I get to places? Time. Like, <laughs> that's the only way to travel. Yeah. No. For sure. <laughs> Makes traveling a lot less boring when you don't remember any of it. 
It's true. <laughs> um, but then it's time for us to go back to Mitch and Buzz, where Mitch oh, wait, may is- I do this? Oh, sure. Go ahead. So we're back with Mitch, and he's swimming in the middle of the ocean with no land in sight. Yet again, Mitch keeps on doing this in this show. But this time, he tries to tell a joke about a dog and a jukebox, and he gets a leg cramp. And then he says, now, Morgan, please again insert the audio clip here. <laughs> I think you know the one. Sure do. The, that one. And it's it's not... Uh, put a chopper in your hopper, honey. You know, it's not that. It's it's uh, it's it's the other one. Mm-hmm. Mitch says that, making it his catchphrase. Wild. Um, and then Mitch says, "Dying is easy, but comedy is hard." Yes, so I have Buzz that line to- written down. Yep. <laughs> so, so, in the greatest moment of comedy maybe ever in history, he tells Buzz to make a joke. Buzz passes out. Mm-hmm. Seems like he'd rather die than do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he passes out and falls under the ocean, and then Mitch goes and gets him, and it's probably fine. Um, yeah. But then we go back to the hotel room, where Stephanie, CJ, Hobie, and Kyle are waiting until daylight to do anything. Yep. Wow. Wow, how exciting. Oh, don't forget that they're drawing lines on a map. Just like, oh, that's true. This is the area where they could be lost in. Hmm. That's a Uh, lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that part, it makes sense that they're doing that because we know that lifeguards do that. Mm -hmm. However, like. Why do you want to show us this? This is pointless and dumb. Yeah. And boring. Yeah. I mean, I know why. It's because they were like. Man, we got nothing. <laughs> mm. Yep. Well, I say they got nothing, but Mitch has a joke. Uh, Parker, I have this joke here. Could you please read out this joke? Yes, I may. All right. And the joke is a guy goes to the dentist, says, My teeth are yellow. What should I do? Wear a brown tie? That's nothing. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I I don't get it. Yeah. Am I dumb? No. I think it's supposed to say that like brown would pair with yellow and make your teeth less noticeable. But it's it's not a joke. It's no bad advice. Yeah. Yeah. Most of Mitch's jokes in this aren't really jokes. They're just really bad attempts at one liners. Some of which like the very first one we saw and like, huh, that seemed partially racist. Didn't get the whole joke, so unsure. Moving on now. I, I okay. On Mitch's defense, one, he's literally dying. Um, he might drown. Uh, <laughs> uh, secondly, uh, Mitch Buchanan uh, knows that dying is easy and comedy is hard, and he's bad at this. It's very hard to do. Um, three, um, would it be funnier if it was a paisley tie? <laughs> It would be. I mean, it couldn't be less funny. What if it was like a Simpsons tie? Mm. That would be funny. Ooh, what if it was a Baywatch tie? What if his tie just said Baywatch? That would be funny, right? Because <laughs> that's the show we're watching. Yup. Yeah. Great. I. I'm glad. I. 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 I I'm glad. I'm uh, gonna. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like that joke. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's this show just, is nothing. It's just this nothing. nothing. Yeah. yeah. As a note, uh, at this point, we're like 20 something minutes in to this episode and mm-hmm. really nothing has happened. <laughs> it goes and by fast. It At least there's eh. that. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, I'm I'm almost out of notes because nothing happens in the second half of this either. Um, well, I have quite a bit. So luckily, this is when I think things pick up. All right. Well, now it's time for Matt and Summer to have an incredibly poorly acted argument about Rupert's ghost, where both of them just kind of say their lines to each other like this. Um, and it it was painful to watch. Um, okay. I have some notes about this scene. Sure. I'd like to talk about. Yeah. So first, Matt asks... I wrote Stephanie. I meant Summer. Uh, Ask Summer how uh, or ask how she thinks she could go back to her room because it's spooky and haunted and all that. Uh, But they don't offer the obvious solution, which is stay in your boyfriend's room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I assume they've dated long enough that they have literally and figuratively slept with each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, almost certainly at this point. And like. You can definitely tell to some degree, like, that is the subtext that Matt is trying to say, which he should just mm-hmm. make, you know, actual text, because Summer's not getting it. <laughs> right. Well, they're dumb and, like, 20 or something in this. That's show, fair. Like, or, or or younger than that, even. So, like, yeah. S- secondly, Summer jokingly asked if they should call the Ghostbusters, and my answer is yes. That would be amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the Ghostbusters in this show? Oh, I would have loved that. That would have been spectacular. Right. I'm actually also surprised that it took them this long to make a Ghostbusters joke. We're, what is it, like 60 minutes into a ghost episode, and they yeah. finally make a Ghostbusters joke. Well, it's better that they did than they didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, Summer says she knows what's up with Rupert, and yes. she thinks it's that Rupert thinks she's Diana. Yes. Uh, because Diana, when she was young, looked exactly like Summer. And Matt asks how she knows what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And she says she can communicate with him. My question is, was that what that was? Communicating? It seems like all you had was a ghost going down on you. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that doesn't really seem like communication. Uh, of that kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say... That may have been more in-depth communication that she's had with Matt their entire relationship. So <laughs> maybe they haven't slept together. Who knows? Um, and maybe the ghost is, you know, just ready and willing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sh- she also says, and you thought it was tough competing with Slade. Um, yeah. He has a corp- corporeal form, unlike ghost who is right. all lips and tongue. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, Which, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's what she's into. It seems like I it mean, with how the scene ends of, like, her lying in bed in the nightgown waiting for the horny wind to pleasure her again. That's what the mm-hmm. scene ends at. <laughs> Just, like, look, remember, everybody, not everybody can achieve stimulation through penetration, okay? It's so, true. Like, that's true. We all need to keep that in mind. And, you know, uh, Rupert is just a ladies man. Uh, they have to look exactly like his 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 dead ex lover. <laughs> you're in you're in for a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, now, then summer we we flash to summer at 
some later time, which we have to assume is like around 4 a.m. based on a scene after this. Yeah. And she puts all the pillows to one side of the bed, clearly identifying that Matt could be there, too, Mm -hmm. if you just let him. But instead, she feels like she has to get rid of the ghost or something. It's her job. Who the hell knows? Right. Yeah. So she hears some ominous noises and she calls out to Rupert. And thus we get to more CJ, Hobie, Kyle and Stephanie. Yep. Yep. Uh, They have decided they're not going to wait for daylight. So it's time to go find the dads, even though. So we have a quick scene where Mitch sees a lighthouse in the distance and then it is noon the next day. Whoa, 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 Morgan. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to, you specifically have to tell this joke. Oh, okay. Oh, I did kind of actually enjoy this joke. Um, a guy goes to a doctor, says, doctor, my neck hurts. Doctor says, you ever had this problem before? Man says, yeah. Doctor says, well, you got it again. Then the guy goes to a doctor, says, doctor, my foot hurts. What should I do for it? Doctor says, limp it's it's absolutely nothing it's extremely dumb but i did find it mildly funny (laughs) mildly funny it's like a neil hamburger joke (laughs) exactly exactly and it's funnier than any of the other jokes that have been said this episode so right you can at least understand how it's a joke unlike all of the rest of the ones that mitch has said this episode Whoa, Morgan, are you underplaying the comedic significance of a brown tie? I sure am. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to argue I'm not underplaying it. I am playing it exactly the correct amount. (laughs) Just for this, I'm going to buy your mom a brown tie. (laughs) (laughs) That's extremely dumb. So the other day, um, Mm -hmm. I think it was Morgan sent me... Uh, something and uh, pointed out a Wikipedia. Was it you sent me the Wikipedia edit thing? Uh, I don't think it was. Uh, or no, it was. It was. There was. Oh, we, we talked about this lot uh, in a prior episode, or um, which was there was a Wikipedia edit to the article about oh, that yes. reality show. Yes, yes, and yes. And you called it the um, an extremely Michael Eisen Wikipedia edit. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it go, that goes along well with extremely Michael Eisen idea of sending your mom a brown tie on yep. a joke she has not yet heard, <laughs> will not hear for a while. For close that to she a cannot month. use. Yeah, she could use it. On yeah, it. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm sure your mom would love a tie. Yeah, I mean. It it seems equally as useful as the other things you two have sent each other. <laughs> yeah, I just I've been waiting to send her something. I've totally forgot about it. I had a I have a folder in Firefox called Morgan's Mom. <laughs> and it's just like ideas of like things to send her that I've um kind of curated over a little while. Um there's a one that is uh, Zubaz pants, which I, I nixed that idea. And then uh, a shirt from Redbubble here uh, that just says uh, crab juice. <laughs> and then there's um, uh, this shirt, which is uh, Baywatch style. 
that says my wife. <laughs> that's spectacular. <laughs> Fuck, that's very good. <laughs> I, I I kind of think that one's more for you, though. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but now you can go buy it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. They're not even that expensive either. I, and they come in so many different forms. You could even get it. On a mug. I could. <laughs> actually, that sounds pretty useful. Yeah. Have, like, I would might actually get a, a My Wife Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, God. Um, but yeah, let's see. At this point, uh, it's now noon the next day, and Stephanie and CJ are on the Scarab when they spot Mitch in the water, and they get to him just as he has made it to land. So... That was useful. Yep. Um, but they find out that Buzz has a pulse, and they've signaled the choppers of the Coast Guard to come over, and Mitch just understandably passes the fuck out, um, because he is probably exhausted. Oh, yeah. Um, He's been swimming for, like, at least, like, 12 to 18 hours at this point, it seems like. I'm like, yeah, passing <laughs> yeah. out sounds about right. I appreciate the fact that Stephanie swam after them, even as yeah. they're getting yes. to dry land. <laughs> it's so, so it's just so they can have their dramatic leap. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. Um, but then we're in the hospital where Mitch is telling Hobie, CJ and Stephanie what happened, because uh, I guess they couldn't keep Kyle on set any longer because uh, <laughs> he he doesn't really appear in I think any of the rest of this episode uh, he, maybe a little no. bit near the end a little bit near the uh, end yeah 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 but uh turns out Buzz isn't going to die and he had like a clog in one of his arteries that even he didn't know about or maybe he did it doesn't really matter no. Stephanie's not even sure so it felt very stupid and pointless this is actually my second favorite scene of the episode because if you think about it one they Mm -hmm. do a psa about heart attack Mm -hmm. true and then two tell you why if you do have one you should always have it in the ocean (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true the most pointless piece of information because it's literally it's mitch saying well, yeah, it's actually pretty safe to have a heart attack in the ocean. So here's why. And he explains the science. And I'm like, I'm never going to specifically seek out the ocean. Right. While I'm having a heart attack. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be like on a boat. And I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. I learned on Baywatch. If I jump into the ocean and nearly drown, I'll actually be more likely to survive and then right. do it. No. What am I? A fucking dingus? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Like. Like, sure, maybe the water and the coldness will help with the heart portion, but you're having a heart attack and probably can't swim. So mm-hmm. I guess you'll drown instead. Yeah, it's it's very dumb. Um, what is I have an important question for mm-hmm. both of you. Extremely manly men. Uh, just, <laughs> uh, of, Uber mentions of the masculine form. Sure. sure. Um, yeah. Uh, what is the less manly way to die? Heart attack or drowning? Uh, um, <laughs> As manly men, you should know. <laughs> well, our like- pause probably hints at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going to say it's a heart attack because... The heart is where emotions come from, and mm. heart attacks are caused when you have 
too many emotions, which is a, a bad thing and not what men do. And that tracks. Okay. Yeah, definitely I, I, a thing I me. feel. Oh, I, I was yeah. also going to go with heart attack for a different reason. More along the lines of that usually happens if you eat a lot of red meat, drink a lot, just generally don't take care of your health, which is a very manly thing to do in this era. Just don't care of yourself, so die of a heart attack instead. Wow. Okay. This is uh, two extremely different answers, for, <laughs> and it, both that I agree with. Um, yeah. Absolutely. As, 100%. As a, a extremely manly man, mm-hmm. uh, fuck the heart. Uh, I don't need that thing. You can you can take it out of me. I don't want it. <laughs> and it's the most annoying fight in Slay the Spire. So just really fuck that thing. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I guess it would be. Um though not if you're playing the uh the downfall expansion. I know Parker, oh. I got you to download it, right? Yep. I haven't played much of it, but it is really good. <laughs> So I had not heard of this. So, Morgan, the expansion is now official is it adds five new characters. Oh, um, shit. They're all bosses. So you now play as a, a in reverse. So you're a boss going and trying to beat the normal characters. And mm. you also have to beat the shopkeep. So you're trying to use oh. the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so each of the bosses that you fought have their own decks. Oh, um, shit. And they're all really good. Um and uh yeah it basically doubles the length of the game damn uh it's yeah it's pc only damn i mean i i uh, own it on pc but i play mostly on switch ah uh, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. yeah but i will have to play this it is a no, very it, good it, mod um for the game i like it almost better than the normal game wow uh just because i really like the diversity of the uh the boss characters mm-hmm. nice I think they're really interesting. But then I started modding the game and I was like, yeah, what if I get protagonists from Persona 5 in here? <laughs> Goku. Sure. Yeah. Goku's OP, by the way. Uh, shocking. Shocking. I know. Uh, or what if I get the Hollow Knight in here? Yeah. Uh, and that that really breaks the game. Uh, yeah. It literally cannot run anymore. It's <laughs> it's too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Speaking of too powerful, mm-hmm. CJ is back to dolphins, and she her love, sure is. Her love for dolphins is too powerful, and she Just, talks about love at first sight. Yeah, much like CJ, dolphins also fall in love at first sight, and she somehow made these two dolphins bond, and now she wants to do some bondage of her own with Keith. But uh oh. By by getting to know him better. What else could I possibly mean by that? Uh, yeah, uh, bonding, bonding. Yeah, and their, I, their I, souls I, all tied up together and, you know, just really, uh, really flogging a metaphor, if you will. Yeah, I yeah. I and Christ can get down with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh oh, turns out Keith is already dating someone, which is why if you're planning on changing your entire life for someone and moving to a new city, you should at least ask them out first. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least or at not. least make it known that, like, you're interested in them. Um, Albeit, I got to say one thing. Back to L.A. Yeah. There's one thing I do have to say, like, in CJ's defense here. You would think at some point the man would realize this pretty woman is hanging out with me a lot of the time now. I guess she's in- I should probably say something about this, shouldn't I? Counterpoint. Yeah. Counterpoint. 
I have never realized <laughs> in my own life. I have literally never realized this. So I get I get it. OK, OK, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's still a weird thing to write in that yes. he's in a long term relationship and then he apologizes and then he says, I could easily fall in love with you, which is a weird line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just me. Okay, yeah. Good. No, it's, it's a little it, condescending. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, hmm, that's not a great sign for his near almost marriage, whatever that's happening with the other person. Yeah. 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 And then CJ pulls a weird power play and gives him a kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just weird, too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah. I, right. I, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. And the whole time there's dolphins sw- jumping up and down and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, th- this this whole storyline was was dumb. But yes. So I've got a question yes. to pose for you guys. Does the dolphins dancing around undercut the scene as much as the big dog shirt undercuts the scene <laughs> in the earlier episodes? Mmm. <laughs> oh, great. Great question. Yeah. Um. I do think this thing will be improved if the Dolphins wore a big dog shirt. Ooh. Ooh. I wasn't thinking going with the Dolphins wearing it. I was thinking maybe Keith wearing it, but I like this Dolphin direction. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the reason why Keith is in a relationship is because CJ is not wearing a big dog shirt. Mm. If she was, he would say, I need to get out of my relationship and get with the big dog. (laughs) <laughs> the big dog being CJ, of course. Of course. Yeah, no, um, of course. Also, I think if Rupert had worn a big dog shirt, maybe Diana would have jumped with him. I don't know. She might have jumped first just dog. to get away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, speaking of Rupert, Summer hasn't heard anything from him. And this is where this is my favorite part of the episode. Mm-hmm. This is where this episode gets fucking. <laughs> well, there is one quick scene before this mm-hmm. uh, where Diana's butler brings her the dress that she was wearing when Rupert jumped off the oh, yeah. hotel. Like, yep. OK, whatever. Like, which yeah. which will become weirdly relevant later. Not actually relevant, but just weird. Yeah. Yes. So Summer's going to finish. Um, but yes. Yeah. This is where shit gets weird. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, So Summer finishes packing and she pours herself some champagne as well as one for Rupert. Mm -hmm. And she says it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, because you're getting your back blown out by a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Rupert then appears and drinks the champagne, which ghosts can drink champagne what the fuck yeah and then she says rupert we need to talk and he says i love you and uh, (laughs) smashes the glass and summer says don't make me feel this way and then rupert goes down on her again (laughs) dog that big dog Uh wow rupert has big big dog shirt energy (laughs) it's it's wild Mm mm-hmm um, but then we get a brief scene. The only time Mel shows up in this episode where he tells Stephanie that they're going to get a scarab. And then we learn that Matt can't find Summer anywhere. And Stephanie's like, well, I'm heading to the lobby, so I'll tell her to look for you if I see her. Um, but then we see that Summer is on the roof of the hotel right where Rupert jumped. 
and she's about to jump too because Rupert has been talking to her. Yep. Um, don't, and then, but luckily, Matt shows up just in time. Yeah. So, don't forget the conveniently placed little step stool by the uh-huh. ledge there. Yep. They never took it away. They they just left it there yeah. for 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Also, we have to, this scene will make no sense unless we assume a few things here. Very important things. One, yes. ghosts can brainwash. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, that's, that's one thing. Two, we already had to make the assumption that ghosts give great oral. Like, we, we already yes. had to make that assumption. Very good with their lippy lips. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the brainwashing, probably. Probably. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, he just gave her an oh so good. She was just like, fuck this guy, right? I just <laughs> Matt, right? Um, you know, uh, and then also that ghosts can teleport. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very important um, because I didn't think about that the first time I watched it, and I was very confused what was happening. <laughs> it does not make any sense. No. It makes more sense when you have those assumptions in mind. True. Right. Yeah. So Summer is brainwashed, mm-hmm. um, and she won't get down because she's gotten the best O's of her life, and Matt comes up, and he's like, I love you, Summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she snaps out of it with the power of true love. Mm-hmm. And she loses her balance. And then we see her dangling with the blue screen. Boy, and- is it a blue screen. Oh. It is. There is so much artifacting going on, especially in her hair. It looks so bad. Even in the remaster, it's obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that screen right now again. I'm like, oh, man, that is just... Oh, it's yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, but like, look, like that's that's just a sign of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's true. Um, but then Rupert just apparates behind Matt mm-hmm. again. Makes you have to have the assumption that ghosts can teleport, and he just stares at them while Matt decides dumbly to only use one hand. Yeah. Um, he later realizes, oh, two hands better. <laughs> right now it's just one hand. And then this is where I lost my mind. Um, yeah. The first time I watched this, Diana just ghost teleports in in yeah. her old dress um, and says, you'll cut the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and Rupert's like, oh, it's you. I for- Oh, man, I, I realized that wasn't you. Uh, I, I I was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's apparate away together, and they just fucking disappear. Yeah, yeah. They just leave them there. They're not going to help them. Not going to rectify the no. situation. It's like, eh, what are they going to do? Yeah. What what what, what are they, they going to do? Go down on them while they're dang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's not. I mean, hey, th- thanks, much appreciated. But is it going to help me? <laughs> so fucking dumb yeah this episode's real dumb so so then matt decides oh two hands good Mm -hmm. yeah finally puts his other hand down and realizes i can pull her up now and then immediately does yeah yeah and then we learn that summer doesn't remember any of what just happened except that matt said he loved her um and okay um, <laughs> where we learn that Buzz is going to recover fine 
and Kyle is going to stay with Mitch until Buzz is out of the hospital. And almost dying, convinced Buzz not to abandon his child. Um, well, which, what does he specifically say first? Oh, God, I don't remember. Oh. He says that he's never going to let Kyle leave his sight again. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which says is too far. But <laughs> I agree. Right. But step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just got to uh, pendulum it back and forth until you get right into that good good spot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that is not traumatizing for children at all. Um, <laughs> but um, then Kyle, I mean, uh, not Kyle, Buzz uh, mm-hmm. does. Um, uh, I'll just say it. he just he grabs Kyle's shirt. And it was very weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, I just have my notes is like they need to be manly about their feelings, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he literally says, are you going to rat on me next time? Like what? Like rat? I- yeah, you were dying. Who ratted on who? Yeah. Fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Anyways, the episode ends with we hear over the radio that Diana died of natural causes. And mm-hmm. Summer says, I'll never forget Rupert. And then Matt looks at him, or Matt looks at her. You get it? Mm-hmm. Because he gave good head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have one last note for the end of the episode, because CJ and Stephanie are in the car along with them. I'm like, who's driving the scarab back? No one. They're giving them the scarab. I thought they were buying a new one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Mitch, then. Yeah, probably. Because Mitch came down with the scarab. Yeah. Didn't Mitch drive down earlier, um, later on, because he had the time with Buzz beforehand? What? What am I, a Baywatch rider? On <laughs> I, I think if I remember correctly, Mitch and Hobie were like towing the scarab or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that that would make more sense. Uh, that tells you how much like of an impression that left on me that I honestly did not remember. I'm like, who the fuck's taking the boat back? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, this episode's just so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of how dumb, let's go to some IMDb ratings. Yes. So first up, we have Bombers Fly Up, who yet again titles their review. Baywatch, they give it a (laughs) one out of ten. And they say, bad double episode, same stuff rehashed, not one iota of creativity. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Now, for the first time in a while, both sand crabs give a review uh, Ooh. Would you like the unhinged one or the hinged one? Let's start with the hinged one. Okay, that's Sandcrab277, who uh, give, gives it a 3 out of 10 and tiles their review, really bad episode. <laughs> <laughs> say, the guys might be lifeguards, but they are not even close to being sailors. And the bit about the ghost was really stupid. Adding in SeaWorld and the San Diego Zoo made the episode at least watchable. Sure. I don't I don't remember the fucking zoo. That was at the very beginning yeah. montage. Oh, yeah. I know this because this episode oh, bored yeah. me enough that I'm like, I wonder how far do the kids are wandering around San Diego <laughs> on their own. So I mapped it out. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, tell us about it. Why oh, didn't you tell please. us earlier? I entirely forgot. I had the notes there, and then we moved on. I'm like, ah, I'll worry about it later. So this is a great transition. So starting off at the Coronado, 
um, going to the aircraft carrier in San Diego. That is 3.4 miles that they need to travel from that. From the aircraft carrier to the airport overlook, because, you know, why not hang out at an airport? That's an extra 1.1 miles to get to there. Mm -hmm. From the airport to the zoo is 2.4 miles. So then we have the big old zoo montage. And then working their way back to the hotel is another five miles. So in total, they did about 12 miles of walking across the city of San Diego for the for that montage. Wow. Wow. And they didn't even have swamp ass after. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I also yeah. made note of the fountain that they were playing at. That's apparently in the same park as the zoo is at. Um, mm-hmm. B. Evanson Fountain is the name of the fountain. I tried to put, look up any facts about B. Evanson, who the fountain is named after, and couldn't find anything. So the fountain is more <laughs> famous than the person it's named after. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Well, thank you for that research. Um I was too bored by the mm-hmm. episode to do it. So I was too bored by the episode. Yeah. I had to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know why I do the research. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, lastly, we get the unhinged Sandcrab 722, who gives this a five out of 10 and titles their review. Badass Rupert. They say CJ talks sense into baby porpoise. <laughs> CJ doesn't, or sorry, Summer doesn't talk sense into the ghost. Dubuque, a hero again. Wicked zoo montage. Previous engagement saves CJ from Trist with balding boob. <laughs> that's sure. Yeah, that's the review. Now, as for our reviews on a scale of one to ten, where one is going through puberty a second time because you got recast and. Ten is your parents are divorced, but it's okay because your dad is David Hasselhoff and he's the coolest. Parker, how would you rate this episode and what would you say that the experience of that number is? Okay, okay. Well, my number for this is definitely like a 1.5 out of 10. And ooh, what would that experience be? Ah, yes, abandoned porpoise. (laughs) wow uh that's just incredibly fucking dark yeah um morgan what about you yeah i mean this episode fell prey to the baywatch two-parter part two curse and is just borderline unwatchable it's so fucking boring nothing happens the acting just seems considerably worse than it has even in other Baywatch episodes. So I don't know what was going on. Um, Maybe it was the end of a very long shoot. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But there was just very little to redeem this episode for me. And so I'm going to give it a two. Um, And I'm going to say that a two is the experience of um, you spend literally all night swimming in a freezing cold ocean thinking for sure that your brother is going to die. And then you finally see land and make it to the beach just in time for some lifeguards to show up and claim credit for having rescued you. And like, yeah, sure. (laughs) They probably did get you out of there slightly faster than if you had been stuck on the beach. But like, come on, guys, you really you had to show up when I basically had the thing under control. How fucking useless. Uh, Michael, how about you? Um... I agree with everything both of you have said. This episode was bad. 
the acting was some of the worst I've seen on Baywatch to the point where it feels like a different show. Like it's that much worse yeah. than Baywatch normally is, which is saying something. And one of the worst follow-ups, two-parter follow-ups we've seen. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of worse two-parter follow-ups. I mean, they're all almost all bad. There's the one where it wasn't racist, so it was better. There's that one. Yeah. That was better. And then there's the other one where they had uh, Yasmin Bleeth, and uh, it wasn't, it, it didn't have octopus, which <laughs> made it bad, mm-hmm. but it wasn't worse than the first part. Yeah. Or it wasn't bad. Okay, this is bad, though. And so I'm going to give this a two as well. I'm going to say a two is the experience of there was this guy on Twitter recently who found a bunch of um, the, this mail from World War Two and you could soldiers could mail some a voice message to their loved one. Um, but they don't know how to play it. So oh. this guy offered for his dad um, to help him out and and transfer the mp3 of his dad's dad um or transfer the audio to an mp3 so he decided i'm just gonna get him a mic and record it myself i'm gonna make it absolute smut and (laughs) what What? yeah uh here's here's the tweet um i think it too is the experience of listening to your son record fake smut about your dad Wow. I think that's a pretty solid two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't listened to the recording yet, uh, but here it apparently is. Um, huh. Uh, well. Okay. Yep. So uh, that's that's pretty two-ish. Um, but mm-hmm. let's talk about our next episode, um, which is called Mirror, Mirror. And it stars Carrie Ann Moss, which is very weird. I, I, I don't get why she's on this show. But this is also pre-Matrix, so yeah. whatever. Uh, the Baywatch Wiki says, A beautiful woman and her plain sister compete for Mitch's affection with perilous results. Meanwhile, Matt confronts his paralyzing fear of sharks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. The INDB description says, Matt suffers from a regular Matt suffers from regular shark nightmares. <laughs> wow, I've never had those shark nightmares since a white killer shark has been has been spotted near Malibu. He still finds the courage to keep working even at Opsea and confront his fear by shark cage diving. Meanwhile, Mitch enjoys the romantic attention of the mysterious Brown sisters, Maddie, a glamorous flirt, and Gwen, a shy slob, but ignores that they're disguised sides of a paranoid lunatic until he's cuffed in her flooding basement. That wow. that took a twist at the end there that I was not anticipating. Yeah, same. <laughs> so Carrie Ann Moss plays both sisters. Oh, okay. Right, well, okay. So she's the villain. Of the episode. I'm kind of excited for this one now. It might yeah. be pretty fucking fun. I was going to say. Our, we have a guest. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, in comparison with the snooze fest you just went through, that sounds spectacular. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we do have a guest for that episode. They have watched it and told me it is fucking wild, and they don't know if it's just Baywatch is always like that. The answer is no, <laughs> or this episode is wild. So I'm going to assume this episode is wild. Sweet. Okay. Um, okay. Now, uh, also, Parker, thank you for for coming back. Yeah. Thank you for sitting through a, frankly, boring two-parter that you thought was going to be spooky. I picked the but, thing that uh, said ghosts because I like horror things. Um, <laughs> that's how I that's how I decided. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you'll come back for something more terrifying like Hulk Hogan. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe something will happen. I, I know there's an episode where uh, Hulk Hogan has a Ghostbusters um, pack, which seems very and like and and sure. nozzle thing, and he like busts some ghosts. Okay, uh, not bust on some ghosts. <laughs> bust some ghosts. Yeah. Uh, may- maybe he'll be back for that. Who knows? But yeah. uh, is there anything you want to plug? No is also an okay answer. Uh, I the answer will be no because I don't really do too much else outs like that's fun and interesting to plug. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> You All can right. plug us. I'm always happy to plug. Already here. Yeah, I, I'm always happy to plug this show. Okay, then do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was your plug. You got it. That's, that's, there's your money's yes. worth. <laughs> Fair plug. enough. Everyone wants to plug Baywatch Rookie School, a not award-winning, not money-making podcast. <laughs> It's true. It's true. We're available wherever fine podcasts are sold. Um, Wait, they sell podcasts? Uh, I'm sure you could probably buy like a 45 of a of a bespoke podcast episode somewhere. That feels like a hipstery thing to do. There, I mean, let's be honest here. It's probably going to be like the best of Joe Rogan or something. Yeah, right. right. I was at first excited about this idea, and now I'm immediately not excited. <laughs> well, like, uh, think about like the. Po- okay, I only really, I know some of the podcasts Morgan listens to. I know about the podcasts you listen to, Parker. I for the podcast that Parker listens to, I I don't think they probably make enough money to be like putting out cds of their <laughs> podcast for some of them no. probably not for some of them maybe like one of them is actually now like their own like full podcasting network and bringing other shows in from where they started so which one uh so that's rusty quill um is the organization for it they're the ones who did magnus archives rusty quill gaming they also have underneath oh. them now um unwell i think is part of that no they're they're a different network. Uh, what's the other one? There's another one that's on there. Oh, We're Alive um, ended up being on that podcasting network of Rusty Quill now. So, like, they're starting to grow like a podcasting empire, actually. Empire? Yeah. Wow. Like the British? Damn. Like the like the British Empire? Well, <laughs> they are Brits, so oh, maybe. Well. Oh, so they're using – well, I mean, they're horror podcasts, but are they talking about the horrors – of colonialism. <laughs> so actually, out of the ones that I listed there, oh my, oh my Magnus God. Archives is the only <laughs> horror podcast <laughs> on that. Okay. Rusty Cool Gaming is a, a it's a live gameplay podcast that does that. Um, well, I guess we're alive is sort of horror. 
ish inside of that. They also have some comedy podcasts on there as well that are quite good. I, I really mm-hmm. thought you were going to say that. Yes, they do go into the horror colonialism. And I was going to say like, prop, <laughs> like great job. Um, but no, I retract that <laughs> because they're not talking about it. Anyways, Parker, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming back yeah. for an even worse. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on here. And maybe the next time I guest star, something interesting will happen besides <laughs> good ghost head. We can oh. and only hope. <laughs> yes. But I want to say thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, nobody gives head quite like a ghost. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I asked a few people... Uh, specifically, uh, female friends of mine, if they had ever been <laughs> receiving on the receiving end of, of like head from a ghost, all of them said no. And so I told them all, you gotta try it. Apparently it's, it's, it's amazing. They all took notes and they all said noted. Um, so, Hey, any ladies out there, just, just remember, leave your, leave your flesh, f- flesh boyfriends and, and, Get down with the ghosts. Oh, I hate the term flesh boyfriend. <laughs>